Attention, attention, do not be alarmed. This is the element of surprise. I have so much anger. I feel like I've been raped. In the face! Great Scott. At no point in your rambling were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Yes, you just discovered a new element! Just the element of surprise. Alright! Welcome to Season 2, everybody. It's 2018. Time for a brand new episode of The Element of Surprise. I'm your host, Chadwick J. Suet, and I'm welcoming you back to The Element of Surprise. Welcome to 2018, everybody. Welcome to a brand new fucking year. Here we go. Where can you find us? Well, if you're hearing us now, you obviously know where to find us. If not, then, you know, maybe you heard us through the grapevine. Maybe a buddy told you about the element of surprise. Maybe somebody out there said, hey, you got to hear this weird fucker talking about weird shit, not making any goddamn sense as he rambles on for almost an hour sometimes. And, okay, yeah, I'll listen to that. Where do I find it? Well, I'm going to tell you. You can check it out at EOS. That's the letter E, the letter O, the letter S. The word mentally, M-E-N-T-A-L-L-Y, the word irregular, R, no, how do I spell irregular? I-R-R-E-G-U-L-A-R? Yeah, E-O-S, mentally irregular, .podomatic.com. Takes you straight to our uh, hosting site. We got all our episodes there. You want to check us out, check out our Facebook page at e, um, facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular. Join the Element of Surprise group there if you want to get in touch with me, get in touch with me through the Facebook page, or you can email me at element.2017.com. Also, check us out. Um, if you're on the Podomatic site, subscribe to us. Subscribe to us through iTunes. Every time there's a new episode that comes out, it'll go straight into your iTunes vault. It'll come straight to you. No waiting, no hassle. You get to hear my lovely voice ramble on about nonsense all that, fa- all that much sooner. I guess is the word I'm looking for. I don't know. Don't listen to me. Just listen to my words. Okay, let's get right into it. You know what? It's a brand new year, and I want to share some thoughts with you guys. I've collected some thoughts that uh, I'm going to share with you right now. So, uh, you know, as I said, it's a brand new year. It's 2018. People have been making resolutions, going about, you know, getting rid of all the baggage of 2017, leaving it behind them, getting ready to move on. It's made me realize something, that the world we live in is a crazy, beautiful, ugly, complicated place. And it keeps moving on from one crisis to another strangeness, to some sort of beauty, to some odd weirdness, to some fucked up tragedy, and back again. And the caravan just keeps moving on and on and on. And, you know, I mean, that got me thinking about just people in general, you know, like, you know, what kind of rules do you live by? I got two hard rules that I live by, and they go like this. Number one, I don't fuck around with cats that have been smoking crystal meth. And number two, I ain't going to butt fuck my neighbor because I don't know where he's been. So all that being said, it's just that simple. You know, most everything else is on the table or has been at one time or another. After all, I decided a long time ago what kind of person I want to be and what kind of person I want the world to see. One time, I was invited to a social gathering and I brought a shotgun, a framed photograph of Kurt Russell and a bottle of Rumpelmint's peppermint schnapps and showed those people the best fucking time of their lives. That's the kind of person I want to be. It's just how I roll. You know, my mind is kind of like a jigsaw puzzle of a maze. You have to finish the puzzle first before you can solve the maze. And 
when you get to the center of the maze, what do you get when you get there? Maybe cheese or something. I don't know. It's not a literal maze. It's just a fucking puzzle. It's a metaphor for being mentally irregular. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to the element of surprise. Okay, getting right into it. Um, I did a poll uh, at the end of December about uh, on the on the Element of Surprise group page on Facebook about how would you rather spend your um, your New Year's Eve weekend? And I gave some options. They were as follows. Would you be stranded? Would you rather be stranded in Jurassic Park, be in an orgy, have flowers for genitals, eat crayons, spend the holiday with cannibals, fight Brock Lesnar in a UFC match, or follow old Obi-Wan on some damn fool idealistic crusade like your father? Now, hands down, the Obi-Wan thing was the winner. I, I think it won like five to one on everything else. But... Spend the Holiday with Cannibals got a very special answer from Mr. Bill William Sines. Billy's an old friend of mine, and I'd like to read and share his reasoning for wanting to spend the, uh, the holiday weekend with cannibals to you now, because it's just pure gold. This is, these are Bill's own words. Well, in my fanciful opinion, a weekend with a geriatric and what I can only assume is a barely habit, habit, hab, inhospitable landscape, or being chased by, chased by Jeff Goldblum... Both sound like shitfests. I may consider changing my vote to the flower genitals just so I can come pollen. I'd get my ass kicked by Brock, so that's out. I've done the orgy before, so that's out. So that, that left eating crayons and reindeer jerky. Out of those two, the obvious choice for me was reindeer steaks with a side of mashed elf brands. Mm-mm. You see, folks, listen. That is the exact kind of rambling nonsense that I want from you people. I don't know what I got to do. I don't know. I I basically hand, I gift wrap these things and give them to you and just wait to hear what kind of insane nonsense you throw back at me. And it's, it's few and far between, few and far between. Already the one man party once said something about me tickling his genitals, but that's already, you know, that's just what you're going to get from him. But Billy, Billy, you fucking nailed it. You are the hero of the year, the first hero of the year. And I am personally now extending to you the offer to be my guest on the element of surprise because if that's the shit that comes out of your head then we could just we could probably just talk all night we'll just fire up the mic and just go all night and snip out the best parts and make an episode out of that okay that being said i also promised you guys uh going into the new year there was going to be some new things and in keeping with the theme of the title of this show the element of surprise i'm going to play topic roulette what is topic roulette well that's me not even you know, not even I know what I'm going to talk about. There are random topics thrown into a hat. They're going to be drawn out at random, not even by me, by my lovely assistant, and handed to me. I am then going to go off on a rant about whatever topic was chosen. I will tell you the topic and then I will speak about it. I don't even know what the topic is going to be. So without further ado, topic roulette. May I have the first topic, please? We're waiting. Okay, here we go. Here we go. And the first topic of Topic Roulette is... Ah! (laughs) New Year's resolutions. There's no way you're going to believe that was chosen at random. No way, but it was. It was completely chosen at random. I didn't even choose it. Um, New Year's resolutions. I think New Year's resolutions are the biggest little horse shit in the entire world. You know, every fucking year, every goddamn year, 
I say, oh, you know what I'm going to start doing? My New Year's resolution is I'm going to I'm going to cut back on my smoking and I'm going to, you know, start working out and maybe get into some semblance of shape. And you know what I do every year? I keep smoking and I do like 20 push-ups and I go, yeah, yeah, I like the way that feels. And I never do it again. I don't do it again at all again for the rest of the year. The most strenuous activity I get is chasing my child around the convenience stores that we go to or having sex with my fiance. That is about as active as I get. Maybe every once in a while, I'll do like a little bit of something where like I'm dancing or dancing around like I'm like a crazy son of a bitch. And, you know, that'll be something. But for the most part, I don't do strenuous activities. So, you know, I want to know uh, after you guys listen to this, why don't you tell me what some of your bullshit New Year's resolutions are? What Tell me New Year's resolutions that you think you're going to keep, and I'll tell you why you're not going to keep them. Or tell me ones that you swore in the past, that swore that you were going to uphold, and that you just you know, you just fell flat on your face with. What are some New Year's resolutions that we've all failed with? Well, I told you some of mine. I failed at uh, getting in shape. I failed at cutting back on smoking. Um, let's see. I've also failed at, uh, oh God, I can't even pick any. There's so many, it's like, you know, sifting through the garbage, like literally sifting through the garbage and just trying to find something good in there because what what, what haven't, what haven't we said we're going to do in the new year that we've just all just thrown away. So that's, you know, New Year's resolutions. They're absolute bullshit. Next topic, please. The next topic is Clubber Lang, the character played by Mr. T in Rocky Three, Clubber Lang, great fucking topic. Okay, so we got Clubber Lang, and I'm not talking about the character. I'm not talking about Mr. T as Clubber Lang and how they wrote him. I'm talking about like Clubber Lang. What would Clubber Lang do if he was here right now? Well, we we know two things. We know that he'd uh, have a prediction, and it would be pain. And we know that he would not uh, hate us, but he'd pity the fool. Which, uh, those are Clubber Lang's two things that we know for certain, you know. But, uh, you know, one thing I always respected about Clubber Lang was, you know, he, he trained himself, uh, you know, he lived in Chicago and he got out of jail and, uh, you know, he entered boxing and he got into the, you know, the, he would tr- train himself. And you watch Rocky 3 and you see his training montage while Rock is, Rock is doing the bullshit like, uh, training with Mickey where he's not taking it seriously. You watch Clubber Lang train and he's like down in a basement of an abandoned building. With like, and he takes like two pieces of rybar and just jams them into the wall and starts doing fucking pull-ups on them. Like, this guy just takes random pieces of buildings apart and just jams them in to create his own workout routine. The guy is a fucking monster. And then you see him, and he sweats more than anybody else in the ring. Like when he's doing it, like you see Apollo Creed, and he, you know, they kept like greasing him up to make him all shiny in the first two Rockies and stuff like that. But he didn't really sweat. And then you get to like Ivan Drago, and you know he's a big Russian, so all he does is sweat. But you get to like Clubber Lang, and there's Mr. T, and his, you know, his beard and his mohawk and his like little like the side part of his mohawk that go over his ears to connect to his beard to his, to his mohawk. Like those are perfectly dry and like styled nicely. But his body is just dripping sweat. Like at all times, and you know, and he's like, "Come on, Balboa, come on!" And then Rock makes him angry, and he starts swinging and missing. That's how Rocky beats him. That was his downfall. Clubber Lang's downfall was he was his own worst enemy. He was so convinced that he couldn't be beat that he let his anger get the best of him, and that's how Rocky tra- trounced him. The point is that I'm making with Clubber Lang is this: is that I want him to come to my birthday party this year. 
Uh, my birthday is February 21st. I will be 35 years old. I want Clubber Lang, not Mr. T, not Sylvester Stallone, not Rocky Balboa, Clubber Lang to show up at my birthday party and then try to steal my woman and be like, you want to see what real man come over to my hotel tonight and I'll show you a real man. And then I'll try to fight him. And then I'll try to fight him. And uh, his room will probably be at the Super 8 in Belmont or maybe at the Holiday Inn Express. I don't see Clubber Lang being a Holiday Inn Express kind of guy. He's, he definitely strikes me as a Super 8 kind of guy or more specifically like, hey, I'm going to pull my Winnebago uh, camper into the parking lot of the Super 8, but I'm never going to go into the Super 8 building. I'm just going to stay in the camper. And, you know, I'm just going to hike out and, like, live in the camper. Or I'm going to be in King's parking lot because King's is open 24-7. I'm going to drink coffee all night. And then I'm going to come out in the morning and do my jogging and do pull-ups on the side of a building. That that That's Clubber Lang to me. Oh, man, Clubber fucking Lang. You know, I, I think Clubber Lang was better than Ivan Drago. I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. You know, I mean, he was the Russian. He killed Apollo Creed. How could anybody be a bigger threat than the Russian that killed Apollo Creed? And, I, I you know, I get it. But, you know, Clubber Lang was like a real threat. It wasn't like this big Cold War, like, uh, euphemism. It was, you know, he was just a guy that worked his way up. And, you know, Mickey, old Mickey saw that he was too much of a threat for Rock. And didn't want him to fight him. And, and look what happened. Look what happened. Rock didn't take it seriously. He got his ass kicked. And now now I'm just kind of going back. But that, you know, my, my point is, is that Clubber Lang was, you know, he was like a man. Like, he was like, it was the 80s, but he was still like a 70s man, like jiving. I think he even calls him a jive turkey at one point. But um, that's, that's Clubber Lang. Okay. If you would, dear assistant, next topic, please. Next topic in Topic Roulette is sex toys. All right, sex toys. You know what? There are lots of sex toys out there. There are so fucking many sex toys out there. I have seen, in the course of my 35 years, I have seen everything from a plastic water bottle all the way up to a ceramic dolphin be used as sex toys and everything in between. You know, I've seen leather straps. I've seen pieces of wood. I've seen fire. I've, I myself have drank a, a waterfall of beer cascading off of a naked bodice before. It, you know, there's anything can be used as a sex toy. So what I'm going to do now is instead of filling your heads with shit you already know about sex toys that exist, I'm going to talk about things that I see around my house that could, around my living room right now, around my living room studio that could be used as sex toys. And the first thing I see is this television remote control. You know, I, I, I don't know that it vibrates, but, you know, it feels like it should vibrate. You click a few buttons and you put it down on your, on your little private areas and it'll be like ooh stimulating you know maybe maybe you could uh maybe you could dip your nutsack guys maybe you could dip your nutsack in this in this glass of cold ice water you know that would be stimulating you know what i think would be really would would be a really good sex toy is this large metal cigarette rolling tube machine cigarette rolling machine you know you just ladies you just you just put your labia in the machine you just crank it real hard and and it hurts it'll hurt like a son of a bitch but you know the pain the brain ha- has a, the pain and pleasure section of the brain are the exact same section which is why sometimes whenever you get hit you laugh so i mean you know that's that's like a sexual turn on maybe you could put some uh cigarette tubes on your nipples or uh have your boyfriend lick tobacco out of your uh <laughs> Like tobacco, you can crush tobacco grinds out of your belly button. I don't know. Um, okay, I'm looking over and we got a space heater here. You know what? Sit your sit your bare buns down on a space heater, guys, and tell your woman to, to climb on your face. Air 69 while you're sitting on a space heater, burning your balls. That would be a fun time, right? Sex toys. Ah, oh, man.
You know what? Uh, speaking of real sex toys, I, I, what, I've never had, nor do I want, but I've always been curious about is the, the ball gag for, for, like, your mouth. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, that's like a submissive and domination type deal. Like, you know, the submissive person puts the ball ga- gag in. But, like, you know, wouldn't that, like, really stifle your, your breathing? Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm a nose breather, but, like, you know, whenever things are getting, like, hot and bothered, I tend to, like, breathe through my mouth. So, like, wouldn't that just make it, like, you know, kind of like a reverse Darth Vader in a sense? Like, you can breathe in, but you can't breathe out. You'd, you'd choke to death. So, I mean, I've always been curious about that. I also, I do want one of those leather gimp masks, though, with the zippers on it. I want one of those. And I, I, I'm not for any sexual reason. It's just I just want to wear it when I'm driving to work and just see the reactions on people's faces whenever I pull up to a stoplight and they look over and they see me with my fucking zipper-mouthed gimp mask on and I'll look at them and I'll wave. Like, you know, howdy, neighbor. Maybe I'll roll down the window in the summertime. I'll be like, unzip my mouth. I'll be like, hey, neighbor, how you doing? Why don't you come over later? We're going to grill out. You know, maybe they will. Maybe they'll show up. Maybe they'll be like, hey, you know what? That guy's, I, I respect his courage for wearing that gimp mask in public. So uh, I will go to his cookout. I will go see what he's grilling. All right. That was sex toys. Would you please hand me the next topic, my dear? And the next topic is Star Wars, specifically Emperor Palpatine. Okay. I hope you're all sitting down. I hope you all have time on your hands because this is going to be long. Um, let's start. Where do we start with uh, with Palpatine? You know, everybody knows him as the Emperor, the guy that shoots lightning out of his fingertips and uh, overacts whenever he's around Samuel L. Jackson. But uh, that's you know, I just want to talk about how amazing you know Darth Darth Sidious, Emperor Palpatine is. Uh, first off, his first name was revealed to be Sheev. Which is, I just, what the fuck? What the fuck? Where did that come from? That's it, like a pure, you know, the guy's from fucking Naboo. He lives on Coruscant. And then he's got like an East Indian fucking, Ameri- like East Indian from India name from like the planet Earth in a galaxy. It's not even his galaxy. It's he's far, far away from us. It says so in the opening. It says so right before the opening crawl of every film. It says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So he shouldn't even have that name. But I digress. You know, going back, the the Emperor Palpatine was uh, hands down the best manipulator I have ever seen in the history of manipulations. The guy's patience, his able, his ability to just wait and plan and factor in X factors and have everything go his way was astounding. You know, I mean, and this goes even way before episode one. This goes way before episode one. Because by episode one, he was already a Dark Lord of the Sith. He was already Lord Sidious. So, you know, we didn't get to see his training or, you know, how long he'd been planning. You know, and he tells the story in episode three about, uh, you know, Darth Plagueis the Wise. And it's heavily insinuated that he's speaking about his own master, his own Sith master. Who, you know, he talks about he could influence the midichlorians to create life. Uh, also heavily insinuating that uh, he accidentally created Anakin Skywalker that way. But, uh, um, you know, I digress. He, he gets to the point where he's like, oh, he taught his apprentice everything he knew. And then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. And then he gets that smile, that cocky, arrogant smile on his face. And he's like, ironic. He could uh, save others from death 
but not himself. You know, showing right there kind of a, you know, a glimpse behind the, the proverbial mask of his true colors, who who he really was. And, you know, he's talking to the fucking chosen one at, while, he's, while he's saying this. He's right there hiding in plain sight next to the guy whose destiny is to destroy the Sith. You know, and then, not only that, he, he turns him. He turns him to the dark side because um, he knows that Anakin will do anything to save his wife's life. And he's planned for this. He's planned for this. He's manipulated the entire galaxy into two wars. He's playing both sides of the wars. He is running the Republic, the crumbling Republic. He is also secretly leading the Separatists through uh, Count Dooku. And, you know, he's manipulating everything to go exactly where he wants it. He's, he's, he's got all, all the pieces on the board are his to play. Every move is his to make. And he's just putting people where he wants them. You know, he's just putting people where he wants them. And so you jump forward, you know. He declares himself emperor. And uh, he, he, the chosen one becomes his apprentice. The, the one prophesized to destroy him and destroy the Sith and bring balance to the Force is now his apprentice throwing the whole goddamn thing as far out of whack as humanly possible. You know, he, th- this guy has... This guy's won! This guy has won! And now he goes and he rules the galaxy for some 24-odd years, you know? Which, uh, you know, his arrogance. Luke, Luke says, Luke Skywalker, uh, spoiler alert, rest in peace, may... Uh, may have called it exactly as, as like perfectly in return of the jedi when he tells the emperor he says your overconfidence is your weakness because that really was palpatine's overco- overconfidence was his own was his real only weakness i mean the guy and if you watch the clone wars cartoon you see him like in action like fighting like you know and you see in revenge of the sith he fights mace windu and he fights yoda and he's pretty fucking amazing but you see in the clone wars which is also canon he goes toe to toe with darth maul and uh, darth maul's brother savage opress at the same time in, um, you know, we know from episode one, probably the only good thing about episode one is that Darth Maul is no slouch with a lightsaber. Darth Maul is absolutely no slouch with a lightsaber. Motherfucker knows what he's doing. And Sidious outduels him and his brother at the same time. And then makes him to submit and cower like a newborn babe. So, <clears throat> you know, he's, anyway, okay, getting back up to it. Like, you know, so his overconfidence was his, was his weakness. And, uh, you know, the one thing he didn't plan for was the, the one spark of light and conflict in Vader and in Anakin, that his love for his son, the only piece of his wife that he has left after all the wrong he's done and how everything, every choice he's made in his entire life up until that point has been the wrong one. He did not, Palpatine did not foresee him letting go of his hate and saving, saving his son. And thus perish the Emperor Palpatine. But, I mean, goddamn, really, just go back and watch. Go, go watch the, the prequels. Go watch them just for him. Go watch uh, the Clone Wars just for him. Uh, watch them in order. Then go watch the original trilogy and go th- through Jedi. And literally, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say you'll feel bad for the guy, but it's just absolutely amazing the level of planning and patience and manipulation he had he used on an entire fucking galaxy. I'm going to say that again. On an entire fucking galaxy. 
The man manipulated an entire fucking galaxy. He manipulated an entire order of Jedi Knights. He was one Sith Lord sitting right there in front of them, meeting with them daily, day in and day out, to discuss the affairs of things during the Clone Wars, and they couldn't see it. Fucking Yoda couldn't see it. Anakin, the fucking Chosen One Skywalker, couldn't see it. As a matter of fact, he loved the guy. Jesus Christ Almighty, you can't tell me, you cannot, not one person out there can tell me that, oh, well, you know what, Palpatine, yeah, he was just a piece of shit. It's like, yeah, the guy might have been a piece of shit, but look at what that piece of shit did. That piece of shit wrecked an entire fucking galaxy for, like, 30 years. 30-some-odd years, if not longer, because Lord knows what he was planning before Episode 1 and what manipulation tactics he did to get up there. By the time we meet him, he's already manipulated the new queen, the newly elected uh, ruler of Naboo, Queen Amidala, into... Uh, pulling a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum, and then he gets himself elected. So, I mean, what did, uh, what did he do to get up to there? How much other shit did he do to get up to there? I'd let, I think that should be a story. You know, with all these prequels they're making and these like, side stories like uh, Han Solo and Rogue One? Do that one. Do Young Palpatine and uh, Plagueis. And also, while we're at it, uh, before Ian McDermott dies and uh, before James Earl Jones gets too old to do the job, can we get a Darth Vader spinoff? Can we get one that focuses solely on those two in between uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope? And I know most people are going to say no, because technically he's Anakin Skywalker. It would be part of the Skywalker saga. It would have to be an episode. But no, you could have Vader be like the secondary character to Palpatine and have them like hunting down Jedi and finding other Jedi that uh, escape the purge. You know, have it take place like shortly after episode three. I think that would be an awesome movie. Anyway, I digress. Whew! I, goddamn, I loved... I, I, that's just Palpatine. I could talk Star Wars forever. Next topic, please, my dear, dear, lovely assistant. While we're waiting, I'm going to share with you guys some uh, news that's going on in my life. Uh, before I recorded this episode, I had sex with a girl. So, how about that? Okay, so uh, the next topic I'm being handed... Ooh, <laughs> is good. Lyrics to TV show themes. So what we're going to do now with this topic is I'm going to come up with some lyrics to some TV show themes. Like, you know how, um, like, Law & Order's theme song, it's like, dun, 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 dun. You know, be like, maybe we'll go to court. Maybe this rapist will go to jail. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe he's an innocent person. Jury, the judge will bang on his gavel like that, you know, and do that. Like, uh, you know, Perfect Strangers theme song had words, but uh, uh, you know, there's there's ones out there that like don't theme songs that don't have words, or even the ones that do have words where I just change the lyrics, like the Family Guy theme song. I change the lyrics to that all the time. It's like, it seems today I'm on the pot. I can't take a shit and I want a cup of coffee. Give me my smoke and a bottle of water. I think that this is going to take me a while. Couldn't be here any longer. I just dropped a turd. Maybe there's a goose in my hat. Maybe I'll go to work today. Maybe I'll just stay home and crawl on the floor. Maybe I'll pretend I'm a worm and shit like that. You know, that is TV making up lyrics to TV show theme songs. And I'd like to invite each and every one of you to do that. Uh, You know, I know I'm not the only one who does it. Maybe your lyrics weren't so diverse as saying maybe I'll pretend I'm a worm. But, uh, you know, I, I do. I pretend I'm a worm. There's not, you know what? I'm going to share with you a great game to play with uh, by yourself or with friends. 
uh, the more friends of Mary. It's called Nightcrawlers, and it is exactly what it sounds like. It's just a bunch of people crawling around in the dark on top of each other. Um, it works best whenever there's some sort of lubricant, and this isn't a sexual thing, so don't think it's a sexual thing, but it's just like, get like a, like a swimsuit on, or like a Speedo, cover yourselves with KY, and then just crawl around on each other in the dark. It's called Night Crawlers. It's a great game. It's fantastic. I've never played it myself, but I hear it's wonderful. Next topic, please. Let's see, let's see. Okay. Oh yeah, okay, this next topic. A pest control that dissolves pests. Um... We were at the tractor supply store here in uh, Delmont, Pennsylvania the, last week, and um, you know we were just there to pick up some uh, some dewormer for our fucking hobo cat that uh, just keeps see- seemingly just keeps getting fleas or, or worms no matter what the fuck we do with it, with her. She just you know she came from a bri- under a bridge riding the rail cars eating beans out of a fucking tin can, and she just brings all her fucking garbage and infections into our house. But uh, you know so we but we get her the medicine because we love her. But anyway, well we were there picking that picking up stuff for her, and I was walking around and it's all, all like pest controls, and I'm like okay well there's like the mouse traps that don't kill the mice and everything, and, but then they had this bucket. It was like a five-gallon bucket of, like, green feed that farmers are supposed to spread out onto their crops. And if, like, you know, like, voles or rats or mice get out there to, like, try to eat their crops while they're growing, um, it will dissolve them. They'll eat it, and it will, like, cause, like, an acidic reaction, which will melt them from the inside out. And I read the I read the whole contents of this thing because I couldn't fucking believe it when I saw it. I was taken aback. I'm like I'm like completely dissolves your pests. I'm like what dissolves? And I read it again. And I'm like yeah, that's the word dissolve, as in like you know you put this uh, Pepto Bismol tablet in your water or you put this Alka Seltzer in your water and it dissolves like that. So there is a pest control out there that dissolves pests. So I mean maybe maybe you got some squirrels in your attic. Maybe you got uh, some mice in your walls. Maybe you got some crabs in your pubes. Give them some of that. It'll completely dissolve them. Dissolve them right down into nothing. Next topic, please. Uh, while we're waiting for the next topic, I want to share with you guys a story. Um, before we went to Tractor Supply, we were at the Goodwill store. And I know I talk about Goodwill from time to time, but uh, we were down at the Goodwill store. And um, there, there was an incident there that happened that was just shocking to me because I you know I've been in the goodwill a bunch of times and you know chances are whenever you're there somebody's going to knock maybe an old person maybe kids going to knock something over and break something you know most of the time they don't care they'll just clean it up and you just you know that person will go and tell the person be like oh I accidentally broke this oh okay don't worry about it I'll clean it you know the person cleans it up and they hate their job and they hate that they got to clean up a, you know broken shit from other people's messes trust me I get it I've been in, I was in retail too I know what it's like but um you know, we were there the other day, and I was standing there by the books. If you've been to the Goodwill in Murraysville, you know, and like, you walk in, and you go all the way to the back of the store. You just keep walking straight line back to the store, and there's the books. And then they have that shelving area right over there where they got, like, uh, picture frames and, you know, like, porcelain dolls and everything. And I was over, like, looking at the books, and there was this old lady who, um, how can I describe her haircut? It was a combination of Gozer from Ghostbusters and... Um, David Bowie and Labyrinth, but she was just a 40-year-old woman. She was like a 40-year-old, like, 180-pound woman. No, no, she wasn't 40. She had to at least be, like, 55, 60. 
Yeah, yeah, she was at least 55, 60. And her haircut said that she, her two favorite uh, characters in the history of film were uh, Gozer the Gozerian at the end of Ghostbusters and uh, David Bowie's Jareth from the movie Labyrinth. And so she somehow combined those hairstyles into one hairstyle. Um, and she was wearing uh, le- like skin-tight leggings that had flowers on them, and also what appeared to be appeared to be just like a uh, like a shirt that was made out of an old poncho. And so this is the woman, and she's got her uh, glasses that are so thick she can actually see into the future with them. And uh, so she's pulling stuff down off the shelves into her buggy, which is just overflowing with garbage. Like this woman is like a hoarder. You could tell she was go- like, oh, you know what? I don't need. Uh, you know what I you know what I need here from the Goodwill. I need these broken tea glasses from 1920. Oh, I need this one letter opener that I'm never going to use, and it's going to go in my kitchen drawer, and uh, you know that it's already covered with rust. But I'm just going to leave it there. I need that. But anyway, I digress. She was reaching up on the shelf to grab something, and she knocked something down, and it broke. It shattered on the floor, and it broke. And this is where things became amazing to me, is because nobody reacted, not even myself. I didn't react. She didn't react. The worker who was standing like right next to her didn't react. Like nobody reacted at all to her breaking this. We just kept going about our business like it was a completely expected thing and we had all already been prepared for it. Or more so, the analogy I used when I was telling my fiance about this and that she agreed with because she also didn't react. And our six-year-old son didn't react, by the way. I also want to put that out there. What kid doesn't react to the sound of a breaking glass ever? Like, he didn't react. Nobody fucking reacted. The analogy we used uh, the other night when we were talking about it was that it was like, you know how whenever you go into a bar and a bar fight breaks out or somebody drops their glass, their bottle, and it shatters and everybody looks? That's what we expected. We expected everybody to look to see what was broken and who broke it and what it was. The reaction was, on the other hand, the, the actual reaction was somebody new came into the bar and nobody turned to look because nobody gives a shit. And that was reaction. That is exactly what happened. And it astounded me that somebody could just, like, I got to thinking, like, you know, you could probably just walk into that store and just start breaking things and nobody would do anything. Nobody would react. Nobody would be like, sir, you just didn't hear to break things. They would just keep going about their business until you leave. Go in there, break all that shit, have your fill, and uh, break break to your, until you had your fill breaking things and you've broken things to your heart, heart's content and just be like, ah, good, I'm all broke out. I can't, I can't break another thing if I tried. And you leave and they'll just be like, okay, and they'll just walk around it. And, you know, we were there for like another 15 minutes after it broke and nobody cleaned it up. It was still sitting there. It was still sitting there. I know. I only know this because I later, at a point later, when I walked back to that part of the store, I said, "Oh, I don't want to step in that." And that was the ma- that was the most anybody reacted to that whole situation the entire time we were there. It was fucking amazing. Just like, okay, so you can just go into any goodwill and just start breaking things. Um, you know, try it. Tell me what happens. Uh, the next topic that I was handed before I told you that story is why don't snow people have stick legs? And uh, this is a good topic. It's a really kind of a good conversation point is, you know, you build a snowman. It's wintertime. Uh, there's snow. Maybe you build a snowman with your kids. Maybe you just like building snowmen. But you build a snowman and what do you do? You know, maybe, maybe you give it a button nose, uh, eyes made out of coal, carrot nose, corn cob pipe. Maybe you put a scarf on it. Maybe you put a hat. But what does everybody do? The same is we put, what, sticks for arms. It gets sticks for arms. And then we leave this poor bastard out there, freezing to death, crippled. 
And I say, you say, well, how is he crippled, Chad? We gave him arms. Yeah, but did you give him any fucking legs? No, no, we didn't. He's a stump person sitting outside with his, with, with his fucking, you know, whatever clothes you decided he deserves with his stick arms completely exposed. So I'm going to start building snowmen. I'm going to give them little stick legs sticking out the front, make it look like they're just, you know, sitting down but they're fully capable of getting up if they want to. Maybe maybe you should start doing that too. Maybe we should start taking some consideration about, you know, the snowman. What what does snowman culture insist? Are they supposed to just sit in one spot? Is that why they don't have legs? Who decided that? Who was the first person to, like, build a snowman? It's like, oh, look at this wonderful man I made of snow, father. I, I He's got arms made of sticks and he's got eyes made of of coal apparently they're a young british boy for some reason but just bear with me um and he's got eyes made of coal and i've given him a, a phallus made out of a penis and it made, <laughs> made out of my own human penis <laughs> or a carrot carrot is where i was going with that i gave him a phallus made out of a carrot and a button for a nose and he's got two thick branches for for legs and his father goes no 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 we can't have that and he gets out his axe and he cuts his branch legs out from under him and he's now hobbled he's hobbled to the ground this poor snow bastard is hobbled to the ground. He goes, he'll stay there till I, till he melts. And that has become the norm. That's what we do to them. We build these people. We give them their snowman life cycle, which is to sit there and suffer and melt horribly until they're dead. Think about that for a moment. Think about if that was you. You know, and uh, I, for the human analogy, I'm going to use sweating to death. So it's summertime. It's 110 degrees outside. You're uh, you're sitting there on the beach, and you want to get into the water, yeah, into the water to cool yourself down because you're sweating to death. You are sweating to death. But then some motherfucker comes up to you and cuts off your legs, and cuts off your arms and jams two sticks into where your shoulder sockets are, and so starts laughing at you and leaves you there till you sweat to death. How would you feel? Hmm. Think about it. How would you feel about that? Doesn't feel too good, does it? No. No, it doesn't. So, next time you build a snowman, think about them. Think about maybe what, what they do with legs. That being said, if you do build a snowman with, like, large, like, branches for legs, and they get up and they start walking around, run. Get the fuck out of there, because it's probably no good. Okay, next topic, please. What's the next topic going to be about? It's going to be, oh, Japanese folklore, like demons and shit. Okay, um, well, God, Jesus Christ, there's so many fucking choose from, um... My favorite, I don't even remember how to pronounce it, but there are a lot of Japanese demons um, out there in their mythology. One of them, I know for a fact, is one that has no eyes in its face, but it bends over and has an eye in its butthole. That's a real fucking one. Um, there's the traditional yokai, which is more like, um, you know, like a, just like an animal spirit that has attached itself to a person, and they're like kind of possessed. But uh, um, there is... Yeah, yeah, that's it. The, the Hyosube. It's pronounced Yosube, and it's spelled H-Y-O-S-U-B-E. So I'm going to tell you about the fucking Yosube, okay? Um, oh, and I'm going to put a picture of this fucker up on the, uh, on the Element of Surprise page, because look at him. He's basically just a hairy naked man, like a hairy naked goblin. But uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Yosube. The Yosube is the uh, cousin of the much-beloved Kappa, which is basically just like a giant turtle demon, is a Kappa. Uh, but the Yosube is uh, a slightly mischievous river spirit. Uh, but he's much, much crueler than his cousin, the Kappa. Um, those who cross one of 
these foul little wretches, they, they often find themselves like very sorry because um, he lives in rivers most of the time, but you know, unlike the Kappa, this guy will venture into a town, and what he likes to do is he likes to break into your home, and he'll take a bath in your bathtub in your house. He'll break into your home, and he'll use your bathtub, and he'll take a bath in your house. And his body is covered with, like, very thick hair, which, of course, gets, you know, left all over the bathroom and gets stuck in the tub and everywhere uh, he's been. Now, there are a few, like, different stories about what happens with the with the Hyosube from here on. Uh, in one story... Um, uh, Hyosube was trashing a person's eggplant garden and a woman caught him so that uh, Hyosube got angry and destroyed the, the woman's eggplants and afterward the woman turned purple and turned into an eggplant and died. Um, in another uh, version of it um, there was a man who goes to take a morning bath and he finds uh, the Hyosube's leftover hairs and horrible smell all o- left all over his bathroom so he emptied it, he cleaned it out. He cleaned it out and uh, in retaliation the, Hube, the Hyosube killed a horse <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. He, he didn't take any vengeance on the man for cleaning up his mess at all. He just killed a horse. Um, in the third story, uh, another man found his uh, bathroom again defiled by the Hyosube, and he threw the dirty hairs in the water out the window, and um, uh, this this killed him for some reason. So what what does the Hyosube do? Uh, let's 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 recap. This is a this is a Japanese monster in Japanese folklore that breaks in your home. It lives in the river. It's covered head to toe and just foul smelling thick hair. It breaks into your home, it uses your bathtub, and it doesn't clean up and just leaves your bathtub a wreck. It just wrecks your ba- wrecks your bathroom. It's it's kind of like I'm um, probably so like probably like your uncle Carl or your grandpa Jim. I'm sorry, uh, uh, maybe, but uh, you know in Japan they call it Hyosube, and that that's my favorite of the uh, Japanese mythological beasts from uh, Japanese demon mythology. So. Enjoy the Hyosube, and you know what? I might have to bring that topic back up again. There are so many out there, I could probably just pick one each week and just go off about them. But, uh, okay, one more topic, I think. I think we got one more topic, and then I'm going to leave us out for the night. So, let's see what the final topic from Topic Roulette will be. Hmm? The final topic is blasting to the 80s. Okay, so this one takes a little bit of explaining. You know, you're going to hear the topic, you're going to hear me say blasting to the 80s, and you're going to think to yourself, okay, well, that's just blasting some 80s music. Yes and no. It does involve loud 80s hairbands, but uh, this is actually a phrase that my fiance came up with for what I do, what she thinks I do when I'm alone on my lunch break at work. And according to her, it goes like this. What I do is I get into the van. I get into our van and I turn on the radio. I turn on the van. I turn the radio on, and I find a, a, any station that's blasting '80s music. You know, like maybe they've got some Rat on or some Poison, some Jovi, uh, Leonard Skinner. No, not Leonard Skinner. Maybe like Led Zeppelin. Maybe would be more fitting. Um, Ozzy, Warrant, things like that, and, you know, anything like that from the 80s, and I just, I crank it up as loud as it'll go till like, the fucking van is, like, vibrating hard. Then what, according to her, I do is I, I, I take my pants down to just above my knees, and I just start furiously masturbating, furiously jerking off, like, you know, just... As, as angrily and furiously as I can, like, you know, biting my bottom lip and, like, gritting my teeth, like, as hard as I can while the, while the 80s music, you know, while it's like, it's not what it takes, how can this be love? Well, I mean, like that until I blow, a, bl- bust a nut right up on the steering wheel. And then I go, ha, ah, and I clean myself off, and I turn off the radio, and I go back in, go back in for, and that's my lunch break. She called, the, she came up with this whole scenario, and, 
literally, I'll, I will text her at lunch and say, hey, hon, I'm on my lunch break. What are you doing? And she'd be like, oh, I'm cleaning up the house, waiting for our son to get home from school. And I'll go, oh, cool. She'll be like, I know what you're doing. Blast into the 80s. So that's blast into the 80s. That's what that is. Um, that being said, that's not really what it is. That's not what I do. I don't do that. No, she's nodding at me right now. Like, like yes, it is. Don't let him fool you. But uh, that's not what I do. What I really do is I go and I chill out and I smoke a few cigarettes and I listen to some music. Um, in the summertime and in the spring, if it's nice outside, I don't even sit in the van and listen to music. I'll just like walk around. But, um, you know, according to her... Every day that I have a lunch break at work, regardless of the weather, regardless of the time of year, regardless of how long that lunch break is, it could be an hour, it could be half an hour, it could be a 15-minute smoke break. According to her, what I'm doing is I'm going in, firing up the van, blasting some 80s, you know, getting a fucking, you know, Bon Jovi, you give love a bad name on, and while I'm sitting there masturbating furiously, you know, chafing up my shaft, so... That's a, she's nodding at me. She's looking at she's looking at me right now. And she's nodding along, like, like yeah, like like it's a like it's a like it's a concrete fact. So that's blasting to the eighties. Anyway, that has been uh, topic roulette. And if you would like to come on the Element of Surprise, we can play topic roulette together, and we could share our opinions back and forth. Um, I think it might be better. We could maybe play off each other and uh, bounce ideas off each other. I'd just like to hear what some of you guys would like to think. Maybe I'll pick the topics, read them to you, and you can tell me your answers, however you want to play. It, it's topic roulette. It can be played a lot of different ways. Anyway, that's the Element of Surprise. That has been our episode, first episode of Season 2, or episode 21, or the first episode of 2018, or just another episode that you're forced to listen to, my nonsensical ramblings. Um, okay, before I let you go, as always, make sure you check out a fireside chat with Ryan McCormick. Uh, check out Case in Point with Justin Case. Um, as well, check out Mix Sauce with Matt, Ian, and <clears throat> Paul. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. As usual, I'll leave you guys out with a song of some sort. I have not yet decided what it is, but uh, you know that's that's the element of surprise. You know, I might even shock myself. Thanks everybody. Have a good night. Keep safe and. Uh, Welcome to the new year.